This is food. This is beans. So the boys, season two. Hey, what do yeah, you think it was great. about it? It was really good, it? man. It's really good. What do you think about it? I think that I'd like to say, first of all, of course, that this is a spoiler cast type episode of our show, in which we're what? getting a, you know, doing a deep dive, making sure that, you know, we dive into all of the little nitty gritty details that season look. two of the boys has to offer. So what does it have to offer you? No you holds think? barred, Adrian. No bars hold, held. Meaning that if you haven't watched season two or season one of The Boys, you probably shouldn't watch this. I keep saying watch. Damn it. Listen, Listen to this episode. Jinx. But anyways, what a show. What a fantastic show. What an incredible show. What a stellar show. What an amazing final episode, by the way. I just, get, just jump into it right I away. I enjoyed it quite a bit. You know what's... Uh, Something about this series that kind of bothers me a little bit. No. I know that creator Eric Kripke. Kripke. Kripke? Kripke. Kripke. I think it's Kripke. Kripke. Kripke? Kripke. Doesn't matter. Continue. You just said what I said. I said my own thing. Alrighty. Regardless. I know who I am. I know what I am. Starlight. The character Starlight. Yes. I do find that Annie, she makes stupid decisions. I agree with you Very completely. Very often. She is my least favorite character in the show, hands I mm, down. I don't think she's my least favorite character in the show. I just think that her stupid decisions are stupid. No, 100%. I feel yeah. like she's the most inconsistent. I don't like her character, so actually. The, the decision I'm just going to draw attention to right now is the moment in season two, of course, in which yeah. she invites her mom to a cafe and never told her that she shouldn't talk to the people at the tower when she, her mom clearly in another episode in the show is talking to stormfront directly what a dumb situation yeah why would you not think that her mom might have made that mistake so there's actually a moment actually i watched there's a little behind the scenes clip oh. i watched with many cast members and eric kripke himself and in that one of those clips eric kripke talks about how she's not naive She's just a hopeful character. Yeah. And that's the whole idea behind her. So often you, you often see shows and, and movies with hopeful characters, but they're often portrayed as stupid. They're idiots. They make, yeah, dumb choices. But I don't think that, like, Huey is a hopeful character, but his dumb choices usually are not... They're dumb, but I think that he still, he still makes fairly good choices he makes very emotional choices which is not necessarily bad i know that there's some of them are stupid but nothing is stupider to me than the choice in which she calls her mom to meet at a cafe to tell her to get out of town or whatever mm -hmm. and she specifically doesn't say don't talk to the tower because they're assholes yeah so no i agree with you again i feel like she does multiple things that just don't really make sense and i feel like her Do you character have another example that I haven't listed? No, just like random, like she's just an inconsistent character, I find. She's very flip-floppy throughout the the seat this season in particular. I didn't mind her as much in the first season, but this season I just feel like she's very flip-floppy and consi like consistently just, you know, she I feel like she thinks she's like harder than she is. I almost feel like she falls victim into too much exposition a lot of the time where, you know, she like mistakenly kills a person. Oh, wild. That was yeah. a strange I almost I, I was like, did, did that guy die? Yeah, he's did dead. Did you not question that initially? Yeah, I was like, what? That's kind dead? of weird. I'm no, sorry. definitely. Like, so she what? she kills this random civilian, and then you know she's talking to Billy Butcher, and she's like, you know, at that moment, like I didn't think about like, oh no, what have I done? I thought about how stupid this guy is. And I'm like, oh my god, shut up! You don't have to tell us that. Like, like it. it she almost gives too much expo exposition in the show. I don't agree with that scene. I was I understood that. The only problem for me was that they didn't really explicitly say. 
strong enough with a strong enough opinion in terms of the way that was shot that scene that that guy died he's dead that was my issue I know he's dead oh yeah he's dead I got the idea after but I should have understood it right away you can see blood coming out of his head but it's such a weirdly shot scene scene you know what I I mean I do agree with you yeah I think Aaron Moriarty like I think she does a good job I think she just kind of falls victim to um, I don't want to say bad writing just like like she's that's just what a, it is though yeah like that moment again is a good example like you just can't like that's it was a really stupid mistake yeah you're living under the radar and you didn't tell your mom that you're living under the radar before you go and meet in a public place with your mom who is clearly leaking information she already told stormfront way too much information in a previous episode yeah and she knows stormfront is a nazi by the way which mm-hmm. we can get into in a moment but yeah it just doesn't make sense i i kind of like her character in other ways but like, I feel like even this season, her powers are shitty. Am I wrong? Yeah. Is she extremely underpowered? How does she get the job at the seven? I don't know. Well, I think the benefit is that as long as there's electricity around, she can control it and just blow people up. That's really all she can do. She I can guess just shoot this people back. Season, did she do anything effective as a superpower? Really, being? honestly. Not really. Like, I, I think she's probably the least powerful in terms of like her entire group of people i Um, I, I like her as a character in that her relationship with huey is really cool that she's a member of the seven and there's elements of her the way her attitudes are she i kind of like those i just feel like the writing in some respects is not good I agree. For her specifically. No, I, I definitely agree. Speaking of good writing, though, Carl Urban is absolutely fantastic as Billy Butcher in this entire series. Oh, 100%. He is so amazing. And Carl Urban, I feel like, is one of those chameleon actors. He just falls into a role. He seems, like, unrecognizable in everything he's in, from Dread to Star Trek to this show, etc. Completely agree. He is fantastic. He he is by far He's in Thor Ragnarok. Can you tell me who oh, he yeah. is? Yeah, you're right. He is in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he's unreal. Like, he is... He's underappreciated probably, almost. Yeah, no, definitely. This is the uh, one of the roles that I feel like you can probably appreciate him the most because he's so upfront and center on a lot yeah. of the posters. He's the main he character. He usually plays very secondary characters who are just great characters mm-hmm. to watch. So this is interesting. I mean, Dread obviously, play main character as well, but... But you don't even see his face. You only see the bottom portion of his face the right, entire yeah, movie. Right, yeah, yeah, it's true. Which is like really cool. Just, yeah, it's amazing. He's great. Yeah, he's absolutely stellar. He's he's such a fun character to watch, though, as well. And that's what I mean. Like, we, I've, I've talked about Preacher on our, like, main podcast about how I feel like the unlikable characters aren't done well. Like, I don't like watching them. Whereas Billy Butcher is... He's a complete a, dick. He's a total asshole. He's a bad person. But he is entertaining to watch. Oh, for because sure. Because he, at the very least, has... Charm. Uh, yeah, charm. And, you know, he's working towards something. Like, you know, he wants to find his wife that that, that he that he lost forever ago. And, you know, like his... He, he's a tragic character, and that's why he is a dick, kind of. Like, he, you, you see these flashbacks where he... Like, in, in the first season, sorry. Where he's, you know, definitely kind of a dickhead. But he's, he's a lot more charming. He's a lot nicer. And you kind of see where that balance comes from. Right. But in season two, especially, like, he's an absolute asshole to his team, to his friends. But you still like him. You still get where he's coming from. And when he gets reunited with his wife, you're so happy for him. And it makes you feel good. And I was rooting for him, even though he's just a dick. You oh, for I mean? sure. This this show is almost composed completely of dick characters, though, mm-hmm. in a way. Like, Huey's one of the exceptions. Huey, yeah, d- definitely one of the exceptions. And then arguably, yeah, again, Annie 
as well, like Starlight. She's Those she's not really yeah. an asshole all that much Huey, either. But everyone else is. Huey's, Huey's interesting based on the, I feel like the Mother's Milk's reference to Huey being a canary. The canary mm-hmm. in the coal mine type scenario for Billy Huey Butcher. played by uh, Jack Quaid, uh, mind you. Who's Dennis Quaid's son. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. That makes sense, though. He kind of looks like Dennis Quaid a little mm-hmm. bit, doesn't he? Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. Just thinking about that for a moment here. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a great analogy that I really appreciate. The idea of that he's this kind of Jiminy Cricket-like character for Billy Butcher. Mm-hmm. And that relationship is probably the most, maybe most interesting in the show in some way. There's a lot of interesting relationships and dynamics, I would say, between a lot of the team, uh, between Homelander and Billy Butcher. I feel like there was less of a communication between them this season. It's an interesting concept. If we just go back to the very first episode of this season, did Homelander just decide that Billy Butcher would live? Yeah. Why did he do that? That I honestly don't really know why. It doesn't It's a little make, strange, isn't I, it? I think I think it's one of those situations where he's like he's just gonna torturing make, him? Yeah, like torturing him. Because he's he's sadistic. He's messed up. Home, Homelander played by Anthony Starr, who is absolutely stellar in Homelander playing Did you do that on purpose? What? His name is Anthony Starr and then you called him Stellar? No, but he's Stellar. A coincidental great right. reference, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's absolutely Stellar in the role. Arguably one of the most frightening villains. I've seen in a really long time, unpredictable, very three-dimensional. He's just such a fascinating character, and I think it kind of makes sense why he'd keep Billy Butcher alive, just to fuck with him, which I really kind of appreciate. Uh, He's just, again, he's an unpredictable character. Any scene that he's in, you don't know what he's thinking, you don't know what he wants to do. Well, you you feel like you know what he wants to do, and it's one of those situations is, is he going to do it or not? And there's an amazing scene in the fifth episode where... You know, he's he's trying to do, like, uh, crowd control, quite literally, where he drops down because, you know, there's that video that leaked of him killing a civilian when he murders a terrorist. Right. And, you know, he's, he's in front of this crowd of people, and the crowd's, like, yelling at him. You see him like slowly go insane, and then it just he just obliterates the cl- like the crowd. You know he's cutting through them with like his like you know eyes like laser eyes, and I, that seems so fantastic. I almost wish they kept that going, and that wasn't like a brief dream sequence. When they backed out of that, I was a little bit disappointed, but it was super cool to. Well, you watch. thought it was real. I wanted it to be. I really yeah. wanted it to be, and I honestly did think it was real for a split second. I was like, holy shit! And then they backed off on it, which again disappointed me a bit, but. I feel like it, it had was, to happen. Though, it, like, exactly, it had to happen. It was necessary. the complete course of the show. In no, every way. no, I agree completely. Yeah, like it kind of had to. But at that moment, I wanted it to happen, um, and I'm glad. I guess it didn't because I really like how the season itself turned out after that. Those moments itself. But yeah, he's he's absolutely fantastic, uh, Anthony Starr. His I guess like double in the show is a Stormfront. Not necessarily a double, but I guess his foil uh, is the best way to put it. A person that you know, kind of attacks his like masculinity in a certain way and makes him feel like not as confident uh, is Stormfront played by Aya Cash, who again does such an amazing job in that role. You love watching her. You love hating her. She's just such a bitch, like quite literally. Well, not quite literally because then she'd be a female dog, but she's just like a total bitch, like an asshole, like an well, awful She's a literal Nazi. Quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's, she is. And when they do that reveal, it's super it's super compelling, and I love how Stormfront and Homelander play off each other. I love the scenes that they're in. I love this, like, sort of budding romance that they kind of play with and how she's, you know, just really, like, messing with him, and she thinks that she is on top the entire time, uh, both sexually as well as just, like, in the hierarchy. And she is. 
Well, she is up until that there's this one point where, you know, Homelander is like upset at her because she he realizes that she lied to him. Right. And then she he quite literally like wraps his hand around her neck. And there's this moment where I feel like Stormfront realizes like, oh, fuck, like this guy could kill me at any second. And I feel like that hierarchy slightly shifts. And then she opens up to him and gets him on the, his side and essentially makes him a Nazi to some way or just like a yeah like quite interesting that you thought that way initially i thought it the same way i thought that was what the reaction was but Mm -hmm. ultimately when she reveals that she's a nazi i feel like she's kind of always been on top and that her actual it's not necessarily fear but disappointment she's Mm -hmm. completely disappointed maybe she's more afraid of losing him as an ally rather than you know being destroyed by him necessarily yeah because she I mean, she's not unbreakable necessarily, but she's super powerful as well. It's again, it's a fear of being, you know, cast out by this person that she obviously adores in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Thinks of him the, as like the perfect human. Aryan, Aryan race. Yeah, type exactly. Scenario. I feel like the whole thing, Stormfront's such an interesting character overall. I, she is. I wonder, I, I do wonder about, there's a slight disappointment I have specifically about the fact that she was killed. I do agree. Um, so, fun fact, she's actually a dude in the comic books. Yeah, I know. Stormfront yeah. is a male character. But yeah, like, when they do kill her off at the end, I was, I was definitely disappointed. But I feel like it's almost, I don't know about necessary, because realistically, the, I was a little bit disappointed by the ending. Not not super disappointed, but it, I felt like it just wrapped everything up so perfectly. And there's really only one loose thread that they acknowledge pretty much at the end of the season. And you're like, oh, I guess they're going to kind of go with this. You know, the boys split up and then you figure out who the head explosion person is. The person that's making people's heads explode. Right. And, uh, you know, Huey, Huey joins um, her. Uh, that person is... Victoria Newman. Victoria Newman, who's the politician, played by Claudia Dumit. Dume, Dumit, Dumit. I don't know how to pronounce it. D O U M I T. And that that's a that's a super cool reveal. I honestly did not see that coming from a mile away. I not wouldn't have guessed that. And it doesn't make any sense. It, if you yeah. think of it like just broadly, just generally, how does that make any sense? Yeah, I guess he's it killing people on both sides for what reason? I mean, I know they're going to explain it. They've got some master plan, I'm sure. But how could we guess that? Because she's literally killing people from Vought and the people trying to stop Vought. So. Yeah, what's her motive? I guess that's what that's what we'll find out in season or, three. Or no, I shouldn't say that, actually. She wasn't killing people that were from Vought. She was stopping them in that she's her political career is based upon stopping Vought. Yeah. But she was killing the people Trying on to the stop other Vought. side. Maybe I guess she needs Vought as a company to run for her to keep her platform. Maybe, but is she working specifically to Stan Edgar? Maybe. I'm not so too Stan sure. Stan Edgar's played by Giancarlo Esposito. I think the question also is, what does Giancarlo Esposito's character, Stan Edgar, actually have up his sleeve? Because I feel like mm-hmm. we don't really see his cards at all. Not really, And no. I feel like he could easily have been killed, even in the, the scene we see between Homelander and Stan Edgar. Yeah. That moment where they're arguing, I don't, I don't, I question whether he would have just not killed him there. Who is the head of the company then? Just another CEO. It, it doesn't really, it's Matter. interesting. Like it's he, not a suit. Is he a soup? Is my question. Does he have something actually up his sleeve that's like, he specifically can't be killed by Homelander because he's got some kind of protective shield that he's actually way more powerful than he leads on? Maybe. It, it's strange. He seems too quietly confident, even though he's not really saying enough to appease Homelander's fears and anger. In fact, he's almost stoking his anger, which is like, why would you feel like this is a good idea? Because this guy's a man-child. Like, he's a dangerous maniac. 
dangerous sociopath and you're not really helping the situation, my friend. Although, I mean, if you appease everything that he asks, I mean, it doesn't bode well for you either. You kind of have to show a show of strength. It's interesting. Again, John Carlo Esposito is, I mean, clearly he's, he's a black man. Yeah. And he hired Stormfront, who's a Nazi. Yeah, I really like how they acknowledge that at one point. Who's talking to him about that? Was it was Billy it? Butcher. Yeah, Billy Butcher. Yeah, Billy Butcher and him are having that and conversation. negotiating, which was an interesting conversation as well. I really like that. I didn't expect together. that to happen. But yeah, it, that was that was super interesting. I wasn't expecting that conversation to ever occur. And then there's that really awesome scene when, when he admits, like, yeah, like, I know who Stormfront is. And he's like, how do you think that makes me feel? You think I wanted to hire? Like, I love that sort of, that dynamic that that conversation that he that they had that he was he's really doing it for the you know for, for the, the company business. yeah for the business but again theoretically if she was the wife of frederick vaught who founded the company i mean she could have theoretically killed him as well like what does he have up his sleeve or is this bad writing I, i'm worried mm. about that in the end I think right now it seems like the master plan is not revealed, but I'm hoping that we're not seeing these. The reason why I'm doubtful is because of the Annie scene once again, where she specifically invited her her mom to the cafe, and I feel like that was just to serve the plot. I don't think that that was thought out properly because Annie doesn't make weird ass choices like that all the time. They were hiding on a subway. They took her chip out of her neck. Why would she make this mistake? And so I wonder again. I'm hoping the writing writers room they have a map like Christopher Nolan's map for Tenet. They have a map to writing things together that are proper and not like you know just made up on the spot kind of thing mm-hmm. i hope they have a good plan because stan edgar really shouldn't last very many seasons more if if he doesn't have something else up his sleeve that we're not seeing yeah i mean edgar didn't have control over homelander's son he found out where he was so he didn't even have that that was a sort of leverage but ultimately that kind of fell apart and yet stan edgar was still fairly confident about the whole situation so i don't know it's a weird one i agree completely in terms of i guess i guess on on the topic of the son ryan butcher i guess it's odd that he would take butcher's last name like billy butcher's last name as opposed to homelander's last i mean i guess that makes sense because he's being raised by the wife who has ryan homelander yeah ryan homelander um <laughs> what's his name even ryan butcher no what, what would it have been otherwise uh ryan homelander yeah, ryan lander yeah ryan lander yeah played by cameron crovetti i don't think i said the name of the wife becca yeah becca's wife yeah becca's wife no fuck's sake <laughs> yeah so um yeah ryan homelander played by cameron crovetti and right. then uh becca butcher played by Chantel van santon who i've definitely seen stuff before but i couldn't put my finger on it i didn't do my research to see where i've seen her before but i've definitely seen her before that was a cool dynamic that they had i really like that sort of plot line and how it kind of expands on um butcher like billy butcher and her relationship and they do all these like super heartfelt scenes and you're rooting like yes they're finally back together but butcher can't get over the fact that her son is a soup like right. he hates them so much right. that he's arguably willing to throw away his relationship well not throw away ruin his relationship because of his hatred for these things and because that kid is homelander's rape child essentially with the powers of homelander i really liked that sort of uh that that thread that 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 plot line and again like those scenes between like homelander and then eventually stormfront coming in and becca butcher and ryan butcher are some of the most uncomfortable scenes in the show because you're like like no like you're filling his head with you're filling this kid's head with ridiculous stuff. There's that one scene where uh, Stormfront is talking to him. I think it is in the season finale when she's talking about, like, 
you know, like people want to kill us because of the color of our skin. It's called white genocide. And you're, yeah, it's wild. And then you're like, what the fuck? And you even see Homelander's face kind of being like, what the hell is this bitch talking about? Like, he's even kind of uncertain about it. So this is, this leads me to my point about the reason why I'm most disappointed with Stormfront's demise. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Stormfront was actually, and this is maybe will come off as hard to believe but Stormfront was the redemption story for Homelander. And like he would, he was going to be the one to kill her? I thought for sure yeah. that was going to... Because you can see that she, to him, is actually kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, if you look throughout the show, there's moments where he just doesn't really believe in what she believes in. She believes in creating like a, an army of soups just to live among... among. But what, what Homelander wants... Is to be loved. Is and- to be loved by the people... By humans, yeah. He actually is is tapping into the human side. Not being loved by humans is the thing that hurts him the most, and that's shown at the end of the the season, specifically mm. when he hears the chanting of his of his name. That's the when he's most covered in blood. Thing. I love that. It's such a fantastic scene. It's amazing, but that that's the idea. Is I think he wants to be human more than anything else, and you can kind of empathize with that concept of wanting to belong. This is a really bad example. It's a stretch a little bit, but. Steve Carell's character in The Office. Kind of a terrible person in a lot of ways, but he just really wants to belong. He wants to be loved is what he wants, ultimately. Obviously, Homelander's different because he's a complete psychopath. But I think, like Siler... In Heroes? In Heroes, Mm. who's a complete psychopath, somehow they get you to kind of be on his side throughout the series. Near the end, he becomes a hero. Yeah. As they fight other organizations and other villains throughout the story, which is insane because that guy was crazy. Yeah, he's absolutely mental. One of the best villains. I, lo- I love the first season of Heroes. So good. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a kind of interesting concept of making him be this complete asshole and then trying to make you kind of sympathize with him. But at the moment, that's not the case because they killed the one thing that I think could have been his redemption story. So, I'm I kind guess of the only other- about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only other thing now is just him fighting like against Vought. But that's not going to happen. He's just going to keep being, I guess, their puppet because... He knows that he will receive the love that he he thinks he deserves. Right, but that's kind of predictable. That's yeah. the kind of sad thing about it. It seems like it was a predictable plot line. We already knew he was the villain, so it's like it was cool having that dynamic. I wonder who they're bringing in for the next season potentially as the next villain. I mean, they've got Victoria Newman, yeah, definitely this politician who pops people's heads off. We don't know where that's going necessarily. I, I'm curious. Speaking of popping people's heads off, one of the biggest surprises is in that first episode when they kill off the uh, FBI agent Jennifer Esposito, right? They, by, uh, sorry, Susan Rayner, played they by see Jennifer that part of the Esposito. story right away. Yeah. It's not like they just threw that into the scene in which. There's that judgment in the courthouse. Yeah. That is actually a scene, again... First episode. First episode, and we're wondering the whole time, who's the power to do that? People were assuming it was Stormfront. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. Yeah, there's that uh, scene between uh, Homelander and Stormfront where she's where like Homelander's like, did you do that? And she's like, no, I wish. Like, that's so cool. And then you're like, huh, like, is she lying to Homelander? I thought she was maybe lying. Yeah, that, but, that was my assumption. But then when he says he suspects... Stan Edgar has an ability to do that or somebody he knows has the ability to do that I thought yeah maybe that's Stan Edgar's secret he's actually a soup but I do think that he's a soup like I just think that there's got to be again a power shift because Stan Edgar seems like such a powerful guy in theory but if he can just literally be cut in half by Homelander in one second how powerful are you yeah I guess so I'm very excited to see where that goes let's talk about some of the other main characters if you're cool with that sure I want to talk about uh, MM Mother's Milk played by Laz Alonzo, who in my opinion is the most likable character in the show. 
He's probably my favorite. He's the character I root for the most. He's he the character the most probably the most wise choices all the time. Yeah, he definitely does, and because he's doing everything, he's like a better version of Butcher. Like he's doing everything for his family and just wants to be reunited with his family. But he's not as emotional and angry about the situation. So he makes these the, the right choices more often than not. To... And he doesn't make crazy emotional choices just based on what he believes is the right thing to do, like Huey. Exactly. And so he's a good balance of the options i definitely agree yeah 100 percent. he is so fantastic and again he plays off the rest of the team so well he's he's the character i think that the team loves the most like everyone kind of likes him even at huey's worst like mm's the guy that's there for him and like kind of gets him out of there uh, or forces butcher to help get huey out of you know his like essential suicidal like moments uh, which yeah. i really like he's the guy that you know tries to push uh, frenchy you know into being like a better person and like calls him out on his bullshit and all of that sort of stuff frenchy's truly um, broken as well he is pl- frenchy played by tomer capone capon i don't know how to pronounce it but yeah another fantastic character that adds like a lot of cool dynamic to the crew and he is just so exceptionally flawed you know former drug addict makes a bunch of mistakes, feels awful about his choices, and uses, I guess, does she even have a name? Like the, the I guess the female? Like the female, uh, played by Karen Fukuhara, who oddly enough is in Suicide Squad as Katana. Yeah, Kimiko, what? Oh yeah, Kimiko. Why, yeah, why didn't I, why did I forget <laughs> about that? She's got a very, rem- yeah, Kimiko. Memorable yeah, name. My God, I don't know why I forgot that. But yeah, like Kimiko, you know, like he, him essentially making Kimiko his redemption arc trying to right. save her and trying to make sure she's okay. All all those characters in The Boys are just so great. And I really like how much they developed Kimiko as a character in this season. And kind of, I guess she didn't have as much play in the first season because she gets introduced about halfway through. But again, such a fascinating character. And he's a bit of a mystery. They're she kind is. They're unraveling that mystery as they go through both season one and season two, I'd say, but more so in season two. Definitely introducing her brother and like figuring out her bro- brother's part of a terrorist organization and kind of seeing like where her loyalties lie and they play with that a bit it's really great and then yeah just like the dynamic between her and butcher at first and you know how she's pretty much like i'm gonna fucking kill this guy if he tries to do anything and right Butcher's yeah, yeah. thinking the exact same thing when in reality like he can do anything to harm her because she's quite literally wolverine yeah she's got wolverine powers yeah. except for the claws which are, yeah i guess added after to wolverine at least the metal part but i mean like she like her nails are her claws like there's those scenes where she's like ripping out people's throats and shit well she's super strong yeah. as well so that helps as well so yeah I the know. regenerative ability is definitely op yeah honestly i'll be honest that so there's the fight scene in the last episode where queen mave starlight kimiko are beating the shit out of stormfront yeah and there's a scene that happens where like stormfront like snaps kimiko's neck and i was like holy shit because I forgot for a moment. Me she too. Has I forgot too. It's and weird. I was like, I can't believe they just fucking killed her off. And then they I re- never explicitly say that yeah. she's. I don't think. I don't recall anyways that they explicitly say that that's her power. Yeah. And so there's you lots of moments where she, where she just walks through bullets. People are shooting at her. And you're like, oh, she's gonna die. I, I thought that then too. It's weird. Yeah. One of those mobsters are basically shooting at her. Mm-hmm. They're like talking about like potentially raping her, and then like she just completely wrecks them. There's one guy shooting at her, and she's just like unfazed. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Good luck with that, buddy. Yeah, fantastic characters all around with all of that for sure. But I guess we can segue into talking about Queen Maeve and the rest of the seven. Sure. Uh, Queen Maeve's played by Dominique McElligot. I'm butchering everyone's pun in, pun not intended butchering everyone's uh, actual human name. But Queen Maeve is a really great character. 
I really like that story arc with her, you know, like how uh, Homelander's just fucking with her and playing off, you know, like just trying to make her life miserable. Right, yeah. Um, to the best of his, uh, like, ability, you know, making her essentially come out as lesbian and everything like that. And then there's, like, the scene. It's like, oh, like, brave Maeve and, like, all that stuff. They really play on that, which I found some of the funniest scenes in that show. And you can just definitely tell like she's just absolutely miserable. Her girlfriend is absolutely miserable. Yeah, it's truly tragic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really is. And yeah, like they're just like, oh, so like, yeah, you're lesbian or whatever. And it's like, well, no, like actually like Queen Maeve's bi. It's like, ah, that doesn't play as well with the fans. You know what I mean? And they do a lot of cool like social commentary. I felt like a lot of this was kind of, I, I don't know how faithful this is to the comic book, but it made me think a lot about, you know, just like, politicians in general like in the u.s because even though this is like a corporation doing the thing it just felt very political i guess i don't, I don't really know how to explain it it's I just, it, it I definitely felt, felt yeah. re- relevant to real world issues in a lot yeah. of ways but there's there's other things too like the, the social media like the memes and the way that stormfront is really like building up this hatred toward the other and this kind of idea of scapegoating potentially a race of people they're talking specifically about how don't don't let these people in. They're talking about these soup terrorists that they are ultimately created. Yeah, that are yeah that that are like direct sort of mirrors, like a, like a mirror to what's what's happening in the United States. You know, like yeah, uh, with and Donald Trump talking about not letting in. You know, like illegal immigrants keeping kids in cages and things like that yeah, so shit there's like, like that mirrors of, of that kind of and idea. the Muslim ban and things like that too. Right, um, and, and the way yeah. that like you can use social media to fuel hatred and yeah. fuel a campaign potentially it's it's interesting in that capacity it de- definitely doesn't shy away from again a lot of real world issues in the united states and a lot of ways it's, it's kind of satirical of that type of subject matter mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting yeah but great character queen mave i'm glad that she like came in at the end there and actually like kind of you, you see her finally get her conscience because you think like Maybe she is too far gone. Like she, she's done nice things, but like maybe she is too far gone to really like be on the on the side of the boys, quote unquote, or Starlight. And then yeah, she just comes in clutch at the end, which made me very happy. It was it was nice to see her when she just comes in and just punches the shit out of like Stormfront. You're, it's just so satisfying. You're yeah, like, hell yes, finally. It's great. There's there's something to be said about that too. In that at the end of the show, the end of the season. They're all together there on stage, and Stan Edgars seems to have no problem with the fact that there was a lot of infighting that happened between these heroes. And Starlight even gets reinstated, which is interesting because she literally leaked the fact that Compound V was released. Isn't that a little bit, you know, against contract? You'd think you'd just scrap Starlight. Like, ah, we can, we can live without this liability. Because she's probably going to do the same thing again. So why would you even bother with Starlight anymore? Yeah, that's another thing where, again, I feel like my issue with the second episode, it just la- wrapped things up almost too neatly in a way that it, I feel like doesn't doesn't make complete sense. Where, like, that's a perfect example. It just seemed like everything was just wrapped up too well. And I understand, I guess that's the point. You know, the boys kind of, like, they separate and then eventually they get back together or whatever. But everything just seemed too perfect like everything lined into place everything turned out too well which is almost the opposite of my issue with the preacher where i felt like nothing that i wanted to happen happened in preacher Hmm. whereas 
here it almost felt like everything that anyone really wants to happen did happen. It's one of those weird situations. I don't understand though how they were able to reset this. Do you know what I mean? Like how yeah, it did doesn't they make do sense. That? Yeah, like, did they did they the company not know about the infighting? I think they did, but I think they had to have. It's yeah, also I, Black Noir is in the hospital. Yeah, because of Queen Maeve. Which I can see the infighting not being as much of an issue, but for as a company standpoint, giving away the Compound V mm-hmm. is completely detrimental. They almost like they their their stock price like plummeted. Yeah. So how could you reinstate? I'm just confused. Like there's some kind of problems here. Well, yeah. Like what was the plan? Like are they are they just trying to get back to the status quo because that's when their stocks were the highest? Like I guess that could be an argument. So Starlight's effective, so keep her in like reinstate yeah. her. Yeah, exactly. You could just have blamed Starlight for Stormfront. You could just say Stormfront and Starlight were working together. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That, that's strange. an easy fix. Yeah, I agree with you. You, you it seems like you're because just doing is. this like for fan fiction. Like we want to make reset this for next season. It feels like one of those you know sitcom or network TV shows where you're gonna have to you know what I mean. You have the one episode you get from start to finish something potentially drastic happens but then you reset it at the end of the episode so to make sure that you can you know make it clear for anybody just jumping into the next episode like any good episodic tv show definitely yeah. you know what i mean as opposed to a serial show this is not this is not an episodic tv show it's it's serial like why are you trying to reset this so hard yeah the, i agree like yeah that that's my number one issue with with the last season is sorry this last season season two is that last episode it's just how neatly everything's tied up. And again, with Ryan as well, like, you know, so Ryan gets, I, I guess, kills Stormfront at the end. Right. Because Stormfront's about to kill his mom and right. Butcher or whatever. And when Ryan murders Stormfront, I guess he cuts his mom's throat. Correct. My assumption, like, when, when initially when that happened, I thought that Stormfront just, like, cut, like, sliced her throat before that happened which i found weird because she's burnt to a crisp and she just has a cut that's like bleeding out well laser vision is one of those things right he maybe he spun his head when he was cutting he's basically basically focused on her and he doesn't know how to turn this thing off like laser vision who knows how that works and then he basically spins basically one of his neck to turn it off just turn it off and he spins it towards his mom yeah cuts her neck as she's turning his laser eyes off that's what i'm guessing happened definitely what's weird is that literally there's a scene in which homelander is shooting lasers at stormfront and she's not being harmed by it i think that was the the whole point of it is to say like this kid is stronger than homelander you think so or is it because he's not going full force homelander wasn't going full force yes hmm i don't know actually that's a good i know what message we're sending i'm not sure what message they were trying to send regardless that scene is pretty remarkable and like a lot of ways we talked about it in in detail in in some capacity but there's one thing specifically that i'd like to point out yeah it's my favorite part in that scene it's the moment where butcher's sitting over becca becca specifically tells him to promise to take care of ryan and and like don't blame him it wasn't his fault and then she dies and that's it his love of his life is gone and he grabs the crowbar he stands up and he's clearly if at least to me gonna go after this kid yeah like he's gonna kill him yeah and then he realizes as homelander's landing by the way the one of the probably the best scenes acting performance and the way it's shot for carl urban and the hatred on his face is like palpable and Homelander is landing and he realizes this is not, this is a terrible mistake. Like there's bigger fish to fry. Like this, the reason why I hate this kid at all is because of this piece of shit, yeah. Homelander. And then the kid warms up to him and starts walking toward him. Yeah. Which is wild and it's such a wise thing for like a, 
I don't know, twelve year old kid or whatever, however old he is, and I, I just it was such a I don't know I I don't know I might have shed a tear. It was just such a emotional moment in every way. It went like a crazy range of emotions. Butcher was so angry, and then he realized that killing Ryan is simply not the correct choice. No, I agree with you. More important things. Yeah, that that scene was absolutely stellar. But again, another another kind of part where things get neatly tied up, and we're back to the status quo, is that the kid just gets taken by um, Grace. Grace Mallory. Yeah, so yeah, Grace Mallory. You know, just, yeah, she just takes Ryan at the end. Butcher's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, remember that one thing I told you? And then he's like, yeah, don't be a cunt. Yeah, cool. But in reality, they've shared very little time together. And again, like, I, I was hoping that this it would end with, like, Butcher being like, all right, I, now i got to take care of this kid. I'm your dad now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I was kind of hoping that would happen. But it's like, no, you just let Grace Mallory take him. He'll probably get found by Vaught again. And, you know, like, wh- what are you accomplishing? I don't know this? if he'll get found by Vaught. But, again, that's tied up neatly in a bow is what you're describing Exactly, before, yeah. The problem with this is you're just resetting it so the boys can get back together again really easily mm-hmm. and work for Mallory, like, She's offering them the job. Yeah, exactly. So Mallory like, played by Layla Robbins, by the way. Yeah. I just don't... Yeah, you're right again about that. I was kind of surprised. Like, why are you doing this? I don't know. It just seems strange. Why did they reset the press conference and that moment where the boy gets into the car and Grace Mallory's taking them taking them away to somewhere safe, to a, yeah. a safe house? It just seems like it's forced. And look, how much do you have to pigeonhole this? You're really trying hard. Like, we're already going to watch this next season. Why are you doing it this way? Mm-hmm. The Boys is extremely popular. That whole episode was fantastic. Why do you have to set this up so hard? I agree with you. Yeah, that, 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 that again is my biggest issue with the with the show as a whole. I think it's absolutely fantastic up until that last little bit where I feel like it's just, it almost seems like plot convenience. Everything just seems convenient. And uh, the rest of the show does it, doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they do. They subvert expectations in just the right ways consistently. I mean, I thought that, for instance, Sean Ashmore's character, Lamplighter. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Was going to be a bigger part of the show. Yeah, yeah, me too. I feel like they made a pretty big deal about it in joining the show. Yeah. Sean Ashmore, a big actor, you know, best probably best known for his role in One Tree Hill as a main character. Uh, but no, in reality, uh, as Iceman. In, um, he's even in One Tree Hill? Yeah, he's the main character in One Tree Hill. No, he's not. Am I thinking of a different guy? Yeah, that's uh, that's the dude from Cinderella story, or Cinderella movie with Hilary Duff. Oh, you're definitely right. What did he was? Sean Ashmore is definitely X Men as a superhero in X Men. He is, but he's definitely in like another show. And Ashmore is Canadian. He's Canadian as well. What is what is he in? That's you're, like you're talking about the One Tree Hill actor, by the way, is Chad Michael Murray. Just to be oh yeah, who hasn't been in a lot of things, by the way, since One Tree Hill, at least upon my recounting, but. Yeah. Anyway. No, yeah, I'm definitely wrong about that. But regardless, Lamplighter was an interesting character. It was a different spin. It was cool because it was it specifically linked up to Grace Mallory and how he killed her children. And she didn't get to kill him, but he died for no reason. Yeah, like it doesn't make much sense. There was a that was a that was like a literal cliffhanger at the end of that episode, and then he ended up dying in the stupidest way. Yeah, Think like about that for a yeah, second. he literally killed himself for no reason. And he was intrinsically linked to both Frenchie and Grace Mallory. Yeah, it because seems... there, that seems like what was the point of that? When that happened, I was like, wow, that's so shocking. But I'm like, are you just being shocking for no reason? Yeah, it was. I feel like there was so much more you could do with that character for sure. It, and, but that's why I was thinking about Stormfront too. Like, there's so much more you can do with this character. 
Are you wasting this? Even her racist racist tendencies, I feel like they were muted compared to how ridiculously rambunctious and like raunchy the show is and how like even gross it is at times. Like you didn't really do much with the fact that she's racist. The, the most shocking thing that she said was the part about white genocide in yeah, my that, mind. Yeah, that was like so fucked and up. I was like, it almost felt out of left field when it shouldn't it, be. Right, it shouldn't have been because they were building her up to be this Nazi. I'm, I'm wondering, I think there's a possibility that if Frederick Vaught specifically gave her this power, maybe he's somewhere in the background and he just hasn't come out to play yet. He may be alive as well. Because there could be other racist type Nazi, it seems like, Mm-hmm. Vought is built upon Nazism. the Nazism. Yeah. Like it's like Hydra. So you just can't yeah, like Volkswagen. It. You just can't squash the concept of of the Nazis, mm-hmm. and which again calls back to the concept of how white supremacy keeps popping up in the United States over and over again. Even though they, you keep squashing it, it just keeps coming back. But yeah. that's kind of the idea, and I, I do wonder if again Frederick Vought may be a character because it seems like we didn't do that kind of concept justice. You introduced her as this Nazi. And then you didn't really explain what her real plan was. You kind of broad stroke said, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to create an army of superheroes, of soups. But then she was kind of saying that it was about white supremacy, sort of. And then she mm. kind of, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't really know her plan. How do we not know her master plan after she's dead now? No, I agree with you. It's kind of weird that, like, I really love this show, but the more we talk about it, the more flaws were kind of... Like, I feel like I'm, we're chipping away at something here. Well, I'm hoping that Eric Kripke has a plan. That's why yeah, I'm saying too. again. That he did have a plan for Supernatural, like seasons one through five. So like there's a pl- there's a, there's probably a plan in terms of bringing back the concept of Nazism. I'm hoping they're not just doing this like little like here's a cameo of a Nazi and here's a cameo of another issue that we face in society and then multiple things that we're, we're, we're looking at. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I'm hoping that they're going to do a deep dive in that. Give us some them. substance. Yeah. You got to give us a little bit more substance. But uh, Sean Ashmore, again, I, I did believe for sure that they could have done more of them yeah also it's unfortunate that, that he got killed off <laughs> just to bring up just briefly that that porn scene was quite shocking I it was, was just like, so random yeah. it's so random i was like what is this that's yeah, ridiculous and why is he like watching porn during the day and with huey sitting there with him just uncomfortable he's a very unusual person yeah like uh, that that's the one thing is i felt like his character almost took a step back because you have this like character that you know at first you think he's a bad guy and then he kind of gets built up to be more yeah. Like, like he seems like he was going to become, become a hero. Yeah. He sacrificed himself. He could have killed himself before. And then he regressed. Like so another writer enters the writing room and they decided that his character would go a different direction. Yeah, exactly. Like a conflict of writers. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I felt that while watching the Zack show. Zack Snyder versus Joss Whedon. Exactly. Yeah, his character, I yeah, felt like he regressed. He became an asshole. Like more of an asshole. I guess I, I mean, he's already an asshole yeah, to but begin like, with. He he made this like character arc from the moment we meet him when they when they basically have this heart to heart as they create that that bond that doesn't work. Yeah, uh, Frenchie creates this bond that doesn't work, and then and then he saves their lives. Yeah, to the point where he goes with them, and even though he, though he doesn't need to go with them to meet Grace Mallory, which is a huge risk to his life, he did. He was suicidal though. That maybe maybe that was his whole goal. And he then Huey Campbell die. just basically let him do it let him kill himself yeah it just seemed weird like he was going there to kill himself like he could have done that anyway yeah i guess so yeah like he just wanted to do it in front of his own statue which wasn't even there at the end as one of those if he had access codes earlier why didn't you just break out of the prison type mental hospital and just go and you had the code just leave yourself walk in no one would have known also his, his costume uh, and the seven was damn stupid. Yeah, it was it was awful. I, I loved, loved it. it. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was stupid. I think that was yeah. the point. Well, 
again, let's keep on talking about, I guess, more of the members of the seven real quick. One, one of the characters, Black Noir, played by Nathan Mitchell, who you don't actually see his face, really. Right. There is this one scene in it. Like, th- this was like the... There's a scene, I think it's episode three, where uh, like Frenchie, M.M., and Huey go to find Butcher, who's at his like aunt's house. Right. And all of a sudden, they're looking in the car, like rear view mirror or side mirror, and you just see Black Noir just chilling on the roof, like super visible in the middle of the day. Right. And I was like... Not barely blending in at all. Yeah, I was like, how the fuck does nobody else see this guy? They, he sure was... He's played by... What's this guy's name? Nathan Mitchell. Nathan Mitchell. Maybe he's played by John Cena. Ah, possibly. Possibly. But that scene, I felt like, was fairly jarring to me. I think Black Noir became significantly less cool this season. He's super cool in the first season because he's... Un- like, you don't really know what he's about. He's just a, this killing machine. And he still is in season two. Right. But that scene where he's just on this roof and again there's like a fire department called there's so many people outside yeah it kind of makes him look like a dork yeah and it's like nobody notices this guy wearing full black in the middle of the day on a like and he's not really like below the roof like it's not just head popping up over the his you can see his entire body clearly based on their angles they shot yeah the and actual it's like, what is he doing looking up so much? It, that I found was a little bit ridiculous. And then again, like, I, I kind of liked it. It was, it was cheeky when uh, Queen Maeve just feeds him like a like a granola bar or whatever. He's allergic fuck. to tree nuts. Yeah, and then, you know, he's like dying. Uh, I found that kind of funny. It is kind of interesting. Yeah. The, the one thing I actually predicted, and I was surprised that it didn't happen, was that moment with Black Noir where he eventually goes in to go kill them. Yeah. Or go kill butcher i had a feeling that interestingly i i had a feeling that he was gonna actually be somebody that butcher knew we never saw his face that he was gonna be a significant character that we were gonna get to know and we actually find out that he's actually against the seven he's been forced to do this against his will or something that that's been, gonna, i feel like that would have been too generic i'm glad they didn't I get in that kind of thought, well he's such a shitty character no offense but i just don't think he's valuable at all yeah he's he's great and what the was the point of that even see, that seems like okay he's just he's invincible and he's coming in to go kill them I didn't think that that was what was happening because that was predictable in reality. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, why are you waiting so long? Just fucking go into the house and murder them. Yeah, there's all this buildup. Why did you even wait? Yeah. It's just so strange. It doesn't make any sense. And then, so Butcher then has something against Stan Edgar, right? So therefore, he doesn't kill him. Black Noir chooses to spare his life, or really Stan Edgar does, because I guess Stan Edgar's, he's lackey is, is Black Noir most of all. Yeah. I guess Dan Edgar asked Black Noir to specifically look for Butcher and find him so that he could take him down. Because I guess Dan Edgar down. was frustrated with Billy Butcher, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But then Stan Edgar meets with Billy Butcher. Yeah. Fairly open fashion. I'm sure they had sniper rifles on him. Probably. And they're gonna make he's gonna make a deal with Stan Edgar after he chose to have him killed? It just seems weird. Yeah, it seems again, when you break it down like that, it, it, it kind of shows more that and was, more flaws. That's less jarring, but it's mm-hmm. maybe a little bit unexpected. Yeah. It seems seems a little weird and, and Stan Edgar falls for it. He just believes Billy Butcher's plan. Yeah. But then keep in mind the reason why Homelander's son is taken away is because Stan Edgar makes a deal with Billy Butcher. And then Homelander accepts this at the press conference? Why doesn't he go just kill Stan Edgar for stealing his mm. son? Yeah. Then go live somewhere else. Well, again, he really loves the love of people. But if you think about it, that revenge, that kind of 
That guy doesn't really hold back. He's got pretty bad self-control. He holds grudges. He killed Mal- uh, sorry, Madeline Stilwell from the first season. Who right. He was quite literally in love. He was like, sucking on her like fingers and drinking her literal breast milk. He's a pretty odd man. Yeah. It's strange that he would let Stan Edgar get away with that too. He's got to be pissed off, but... I don't know. It's just the reset that irks me. Yeah, I hope they, I hope they develop that um, in season three, but I don't think they will. Maybe we're gonna find out what Stan Edgar has over Homelander because it's not a son. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're definitely right. You're definitely right with that. Speaking of flaws, let's talk about a flawed character in The Deep, played by Chase Crawford. Right. Yeah. He's who, a ridiculous human being. I. It's crazy how. So the that, deep, that's another issue, by the way, a real world issue that they deal with pretty well. The the whole sexual assault scandal. For sure, it was like and, the Me Too movement, basically. No, hundred percent, and that that I feel like is a a, a storyline that they keep going for a while, and I feel like they they keep on bringing it up. And it's funny they they really try to redeem the deep like throughout the the show, but at the end, it's like. Nah, you're you're an irredeemable character. It's like you sexually assaulted someone. They they kind of play with him being like, oh no, don't worry. Like people will forgive you. People will get over that. And at the end, it's like, no yeah. man, you quite literally like raped someone. Technically, uh, probably raped multiple women. You know, you're deplorable. Like you're never gonna be back. And then you know he kind of snaps. He is such a ridiculous character and. It's it it's crazy how they start off the show with him, you know, being arguably the worst. At least you think because he's a rapist. But yeah, like I don't know. It's I think he's such a fascinating character. I like watching him, which is, again, it's funny because he does like, this awful thing in the beginning, and then you you kind of like watching him. You you feel bad for him, which you really shouldn't. But no. they do such a great job of making you feel bad for him and making him even making you feel bad com- for Homelander though. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like that. That's why I was really hoping it was rooting for him to kill Stormfront. Yeah, he was going to realize that this is not what he wants. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't want this ridiculous genocide of minority races. That's not what he wants at all. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, but yeah, deepest. Yeah, he, he just sucks. But he's he becomes a comic relief character even in the first season. Like shortly thereafter, like that whole like uh, After sexual he gets assault scandal, and then from the team, you know, he he steals the dolphin out of the out of the aquarium, Ridiculous. and they get into like that car accident, and she it flies out and gets hit by a truck. You're just like, what the fuck? Am that I was watching? almost too ridiculous. I actually almost didn't like that because uh, I was like, this you're almost making fun of your own show in a way. It was just so ridiculous. It was over the top. I think they're making fun of the margin. character. More it was, but it's like, and they have that a similar scene where they drive the boat straight through that huge whale. Where it's that like, was unbelievable. Where he's like, "What is Diabolical happening? Is it's it so messed up." And yeah, I don't know. I really, I, I enjoy watching the deep again. Like it's, it sounds messed up to say. Like I don't, like obviously, I don't like the character. I don't like him, but I like the character. If that makes sense, he's he's fun to watch, and they just do so many awesome things with him. And you know, just how like Queen, like Queen Maeve, essentially uses him. You know, and like everyone just uses him like, throughout the show, and he's just so, like, he is a naive character, because he believes that, like, he can come I, back, he can come back, he can when, make it, when everyone hates him, everyone, like, nobody likes him, even A-Train, like, you can just tell, he's like, I fucking hate being around this guy, but, like, you know, maybe I can get back into the seven, and, like, at least A-Train has the opportunity to, even though A-Train quite literally murders people, and murdered people, like, I mean, I guess they all are murderers, but, like, you know, killed this random civilian because he's, like, messed up on drugs, you know what I mean? Yeah, A-Train is interesting because he's, he's more done it all by accident. Yeah. All of A-Train his mistakes played by are Jesse Usher, by the way. By accident. It's not 
excusable, really, but it's the idea of is they're not all equal in terms of their crime. Stormfront's by far the worst by like a large margin, mm-hmm. and then you got Homelander. I guess not really a close second, but in second place, and then probably the deep. Yeah, I guess. definitely. I don't know what exactly Black Noir. Uh, he just seems like a assassin. Yeah, so he just kills a bunch of people. He's just being hired to kill them. He's not really again raping people again homelander by far because he's done all of the above pretty much yeah is the worst one presumably still alive yeah that's Uh, true stormfront again is absolutely the worst because you can't really beat nazism so Mm -hmm. they're just ridiculous people and mave arguably is actually a good person who's stuck she kind of goes along with it so it makes her a bad person by association yeah no definitely yeah I agree with you completely. But A-Train is not the worst by any means. And I think that it's accidental damage every single time because he's such an idiot. He's just making stupid decisions because he's like... He's a drug addict. I was almost going to say he's like... Somebody who's making really stupid decisions because they see fame too quickly and they're too young to really handle it properly. So they make all these dumb decisions and end up in jail. But he can't end up in jail because he's literally one of the most powerful people in the world. Yeah, he's the, so there's he's nothing the that fastest man him. alive. But even that's the case with famous people who do these types of things. It's that concept of what this fame means. He's not affected by the law as everyone else is. Like if someone else killed somebody on the street, obviously they'd be in jail for the rest of their lives. But he somehow gets away with it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting of that. That's the, He's like the... The famous star who just can't be... He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and he knows he did, what he did is wrong, but he doesn't want to think about it. Like, he's not a sociopath. He's just... He's a, hees an idiot. From like a maturity standpoint. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I definitely understand what you mean. He is an idiot. But again, he's another character you kind of like to watch too. I actually root for him more than anyone else. Yeah. I, well, I would say I root for Queen Maeve the most. Oh, no, sorry. Like, other than the... Like, for the bad people. The people who uh. clearly are doing bad things. He's like, they'll protect me. Like, Vought will protect me. That's his alibi. The other the other guys are all pretty terrible, and they think they just can get away with it because they're, like, super-powered beings. But yeah. he, he, he's, again, it's accidental damage. It's all collateral for him. Mm-hmm. Collateral damage. Anyway, I hope that he can redeem himself. That one, because he can arguably, again, he murdered people. Like, they should yeah. all be killed. I kind of just want them all to actually be murdered by the boys, as opposed to keeping tabs on them. Did they just go to war and just blow them up? Yeah, if, I mean, I, I'm curious how, like, where the show is going to continue and who is going to get their like just desserts, you know what I mean? I feel like... Based on the announcement of their flaws by us just now, the, the show's flaws specifically, mm-hmm. I am definitely curious as well. What do they have going for them? Are they going to solve these potential flaws? Are they going to like actually address them? Or are they going to so. ignore the problems that clearly are faced here? Starlight being suddenly back in the seven. Homelander being okay with the fact that his kid is missing because of literally Stan Edgar. Like those types yeah. of things. He knows that's the case. He murdered those people in cold blood. Basically. Or knowing that, you know, Butcher and the gang are still out and about. Yeah, like he wouldn't just and go that's murder them. Like the like a woman that loved him is now dead because of technically what Maeve and Starlight also did. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm excited to see where this goes. Do you have anything left to say? Really? I feel like we touched on a lot of the major characters at least. One last character to mention here that I thought was gonna be again maybe one of the major villains in the next season. The gentleman in charge of the collective. Oh yeah, the yeah, the Church of the Collective. Did not see that coming that he was gonna die at all, and I almost think that was again another waste. Not sure what the point is, because we don't have enough info on that guy to care about his death. It's just shocking for the sake of it. Did yeah. we need it did we need him to die? 
No, I agree with you. It kind of reminds me, I know this is going to be a, this is a little bit of a stretch, but like George Lucas syndrome, where George Lucas, I feel like, again, killing off Darth Maul and stuff. I know Darth Maul comes back in like the Clone Wars, etc. Like not knowing what you have at the time and then kind of making a decision and not being able to really go back. I don't know. It. Darth Maul was a pretty one-sided evil man, though. Yeah, he, or like... He's, he's, his face is literally red. I don't know. It's cool, though. He's it's cool. It's cool, but that's it's not like the collective guy. The collective guy is clearly yeah, some he's, political he's, pool. We don't have the mysteries of who this man is. We don't actually know who he is at all, really. We're just seeing him. He's like, oh, this guy's cool. He's got some kind of pull that we don't know about. He has like a... He can literally have sit-downs with Stan Edgar. It's just shoot the shit. Who is this guy? Like, how does he? How does he get to where he is? He also has connections to Vought, to Frederick Vought. Apparently, mm-hmm. he knows then, about Stormfront. Yeah, he does. He knows who she is, and like, the, that's very interesting in that concept. I thought what was going to happen at that last scene is not that his head gets blown off, but that they were going to discuss how he has ties to Nazism. Or there, I thought the last scene, as opposed to his head getting blown off when he's hanging up the phone. He was going to open up a case and it was like freaking a Nazi symbol or like a Nazi medal. That's why I thought they were going to go. That's the direction that I thought made the most sense. But just killing him, sure, it subverted the expectations, but was it a waste? Possibly. I guess, I guess again, I guess we just have to wait and see. It's one of those situations where, um, again, I guess a Star Wars reference, like The Last Jedi, again, I love The Last Jedi so much. There are obviously flaws in that movie, but I absolutely adore it. But the way Last Jedi ends, you don't really know where it's going to go. And I mean, we got Rise of Skywalker out of that, which I think is a atrocious movie. I hope we don't fall into a similar trap with this. That only happened. They're very different, they, but yeah, yeah. Course that, correction. Course correction, though. Like but, they really, they did course correction in this show. At the end of the show, they course corrected. Yeah, like a that's hard what's right. so weird. At the very end of the like in the final se- final episode, that's the problem is that they did do the course correction. The rise, not the, at that extreme. Rise of Skywalker is like whole different level of course correction, mm-hmm. but. They kind of do that, and that's kind of the issue with it. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah. you're subverting expectations, but you, then you then you take those kind of expectations back. You kind of made some of the choices a waste in a weird way. Definitely. Strange. Very strange. But anyways, those are my thoughts on Season 2 of The Boys. Those I, are my thoughts as well on Season I'm 2 of The Boys. I'm super excited to f- see Season 3. I'm super excited to see the spinoff show. Yeah. About the soups in college. Me too. I Yeah, I feel like we ended up being a little bit negative on this. I'm kind of surprised. I think it took a turn because we just started to analyze a lot of the different plot elements and realized that, I, do they have a plan or a proper one? There are at least some flaws. Again, that moment with Starlight and her mother, I think is a plot, not a plot hole. It's like a weird lapse in judgment for somebody yeah, who's on Yeah, again, plot run. convenience. I think there's uh, yeah, a bit of, yeah. Plot sure. convenience throughout it. Which is problematic, and I'm hoping, again, they, they steer away from this. In season three. Yes. But I agree with you. I'm very excited for season three. I think I think the show is still great, um, even after us kind of overanalyzing a bit. I think it's still a fantastic season, and I oh, yeah. highly I recommend it. I mean, hopefully if you've listened to this this far, you have already watched the show, and maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Or maybe you just spoiled it completely for yourself, and now know a lot of the plot points, and kind of don't know what the heck we're talking about for some of this. Still worth the watch, though. Oh, yeah. Still yeah. worth the watch for sure. Thank you very much for watching uh, this listening. closer look. Listening. Listening. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this closer look episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Goodbye. See you later, guys. It's me, Adrian. Bye. <laughs>